Hello and welcome to episode 20 of The Witcher chapter by chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today we're going to be wrapping up chapter 6, so this is part 2 from the third book of the series, Blood of Elves. Uh, really quick, if you are watching this on YouTube then you'll see that my shirt kind of matches a lot of the features in my room. That was not deliberate. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, we're going to be wrapping up chapter six. We're not going to do a part three in the next episode, although I honestly could have because there's just so much going on in this chapter and it might be a little bit tricky during the discussion trying to keep my thoughts organized. So please bear with me. But I think I laid everything out, like the notes that I read on my computer screen in front of me that you cannot see. Um, yeah, I, I think I did a pretty good job of laying them out in a way so that I will stay organized. But you know what? We'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll find out pretty quickly here. So before we go through those notes, um, as usual, I'm going to uh, recap you on the last episode and then provide you with the summary of, um, I almost said this chapter, but of this part of the chapter. So to give you the recap, uh, last episode we talked about part one of chapter six where the northern leaders met to discuss the state of their countries and plan how they could defend themselves against a possible Nilfgaardian offensive. The discussion eventually turns toward the survival of the lion cub of Sintra and how someone is looking for her. Knowing that if she is indeed alive, she could fall into the wrong hands, which could lead to some very bad consequences. This results in their decision to search for Ciri and have her killed. We also met Nilfgaard's Emperor, Amir, who talked about the Northern Council and Ryans. He wants Ryans to kill Geralt and leave Yennefer alone. Then he has a strange knight enter the room who apparently made a very big mistake two years ago and will only be forgiven if he follows Amir's upcoming orders perfectly. But unfortunately, we don't get to find out what those orders are. Okay, so let's continue chapter six with the summary of these uh, multiple parts. <laughs> So chapter six continues with Ciri waking from a dream of Geralt, Shani, and Dandelion traveling through a port to find the house of a man named Myerman who is linked to Ryans. She doesn't get to see much before waking to the sound of Mother Neneke and Yennefer quarreling from the other room. She goes back to sleep and dreams of a long, dark corridor with doors opening on all sides, except for one at the end where Yennefer is trying to lead her through. She knows the door shouldn't be opened, but Yennefer encourages her to do so anyway. She hears the familiar, terrifying sounds of the knight and Sintra who approached her, followed by the voice of the person who possesses her right before waking to find Yennefer sitting on her bed. The chapter then cuts to Ciri's dream of Geralt and company, except it isn't a dream, it's real life. Shani is leading the group along with Philippa Eilhart to this Meyerman's house because she sometimes sells him medicaments from the university, and last time she was there, Ryan's was one of Meyerman's guests. Under the pretense of bringing him more goods from the school, Shani convinces the man to let her in. He's about to do so when Geralt knocks him unconscious. They bring him inside and ask him about Ryan's location, but he doesn't seem to want to reveal anything. Philippa steps in and uses magic to torture an answer out of him. They use an amulet to summon Ryan's and wait for him nearby. 
He approaches with thugs known as the Michelet brothers hired to assist with killing Geralt. Ryan threatens Yennefer and a fight ensues. Geralt, under the influence of a witcher elixir, defeats all four of the brothers. As one lay dying, Philippa asks him how they were introduced to Ryan's. He discloses a name to her, but it's kept concealed from the reader. Ryan's tries to run from Geralt and escape through a portal that suddenly appeared. Geralt grabs hold of him, beats him a little, but Ryan's uses magic to create metal spikes from his fingers to slash Geralt. He tries again to escape, and Geralt runs after him until Philippa uses magic to prevent Geralt from chasing Ryan's, who then, unfortunately, gets away. She tells an extremely angry Geralt that she had to do so for a cause that's bigger than him, but doesn't provide any additional information about why she let Ryan's go. Meanwhile, two mages, Arto Terranova and Tessia de Vrace, meet with the sorcerer Vigilforts of Ragavine at his home to discuss the Council of the Northern Leaders. We see that Emperor Amir's plan to have the chapter of wizards learn about the council has worked. The chapter wants to decide how to address the monarch's decision to exclude them and make detrimental choices. At first, Vigilfort suggests they do nothing, but when Tessia argues the war against the Scoia'tael and their contemplation of attacking the free elves of Dolblathana would be mass murder, he changes his mind. He declares they should call a convention where they'll order the mages to keep their monarchs in check. The discussion is interrupted when Vigilfort's assistant, Lydia, notifies him of an important letter he received. He reads the letter, continues the discussion that he then steers toward the topic of Yennefer and her former lover, Geralt. Tessai finds it a bit rude to be asking about that, but Vigilfort says it's because he'd be worried about how Yennefer would take news of the witcher's death. When Tessai assures him Geralt is alive, Vigilfort looks at the letter and says, I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, I got plenty to say about this guy, <laughs> Vigilforts. But before we get into that, I'll back it up to the beginning of the chapter. So, Siri and Yennefer have met. Uh, Yennefer has definitely arrived at the temple school where uh, Siri's currently studying. We didn't get to witness their meeting here, though, which I was a bit disappointed about because these are two really big characters who have never met each other, and I thought that we were going to be able to witness the meeting. So that was, um, that, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, I guess, but I was I was hoping to see that moment. Um, but, I, oh well. Um, it seems like Yennefer is teaching Siri magic. Um, Neneke is upset with Yennefer, she says something like, you're forcing her to try things that she can't possibly do. And Siri couldn't hear Yennefer's reaction to that, but it, she expected it to be what Yennefer usually says. And she expected it to say, she expected what Yennefer's reply would be to contain, um, like using magic is no joke. Like quote unquote, using magic is no joke. So that, I mean, I guess maybe it's not supposed to be like a hint. Maybe it is supposed to be obvious. I mean, earlier she had a bloody nose, Siri did. Uh, she had head pain and she was treated with elixirs and spells. So I'm thinking that she was practicing magic and she got hurt while she was trying. And I think that's also why Mother Neneke was so upset with Yennefer because Siri got hurt. Maybe Yennefer was pushing her too hard. Doesn't sound out of character for Yennefer. I definitely wouldn't be surprised. I don't think we, any of us would be. 
So uh, that's pretty interesting when you think about it, because back when Siri was in Karen Morhen, one of the things that they talked about was how she can't do witcher signs. Like she tried many times, but she couldn't do them. Although she does have some sort of ability. I mean, she's like this source, but she hasn't up until now been able to use magic. But we also don't really know too much about how that sort of thing goes in this world, how magic you know, if you are able to do it, is it something that is taught or are you born with a gift that you can then use and learn how to use properly? So we don't really know that much, but basically um, what we can surmise from here is that Siri is learning it and Yennefer's her teacher and Yennefer's supposed to be a very gifted magician. So uh, I think that it will probably be fine, even though she got hurt, but maybe that's a common thing. I don't know. So Siri had this dream in this part of the chapter where Yennefer was leading her down this uh, dark corridor and there's these doors on either side. This one door, Siri knows that it shouldn't be open, but Yennefer's trying to lead her through it. And Yennefer in the dream tells her, um, if you're afraid, then go back. And Siri says, oh, well, what about you? And Yennefer says, it's too late for me. I mean, a few ideas came to mind as to what this could mean, but I don't, I couldn't really think of anything that, um, was just anything that I could really form a whole theory about. So I'm not even going to bother telling you my ideas because they were just too, um, just too limited, but it's very peculiar what was going on there because Siri's dreams are usually um, like indicative of something or their um, or their memories. But the, she originally in this part of the chapter was dreaming about what was going on with Geralt and Shani and Dandelion and Philippa. I think she was actually seeing them through Philippa's perspective because Philippa was flying as an owl at first. So I think she was witnessing what was going on from what Philippa was seeing. But, I mean, that's an example right there of her dreams being um, not just dreams. So whatever was going on in that dream with Yennefer, I think that there was some real meaning to that. And she woke up and Yennefer was on her bed and she was about to tell her about the dream and Yennefer just said, oh, I know. And then it kind of cuts away. So I don't know. I think that that could be something we'll learn about in the future. Um, she also said that like when she was dreaming, like she had this thought that since she had met Yennefer, that she had been betrayed, that she was basically a puppet on, on a string. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> like it doesn't sound like um, it, like it's good coming from Yennefer. Like I th like she might have some bad intentions, but I can't see that. I mean, I know Yennefer can be, how, how do I describe? <laughs> we, okay, we, we all know how Yennefer can be, but it, she's not a bad person with bad intentions. So I don't think that she's going to agree to help Siri. She's going to um, respond to Geralt, say, yeah, I'll help out Siri for you. And then have these um, hidden ulterior motives. But I mean, you never know. We honestly haven't really gotten to uh, witness too much of Yennefer in this book. I mean, the last time we really got to see her was, um, I mean, in the first chapter, she was rescuing Dandelion, and right there, that was something good that she was doing. But aside from that, you know, she sent Geralt that passive-aggressive letter, and before then, the 
last time we saw her was in Sword of Destiny, where Geralt was remembering when he ran into her at that Beltane festival, and they had that one night together. But yeah, it's, it's just it, it's been pretty. Um, there ha- there just hasn't really been a whole lot that we've seen of Yennefer as of lately. So I mean, you never know. There could be some twist. I I really hope not, though. I know that Geralt still loves her, and it would be it would be extremely hard on him if Yennefer was to do something evil with Ciri. But I don't know. I, I might be getting way too ahead of myself here. So with that thought, I'll move on to uh, the next part of the chapter that we're going to talk about. So the whole thing with Ryan's, that very frustrating scene, it started out really satisfying. Um, they were able to get to this guy, Meyerman, who Shani was familiar with. And she had been at Myron's house before selling him stuff. And Ryan's was there. So that's how Shani was... Um, that's how she knew where to find Ryan's or how they could get to him. And that worked out. They were able to summon Ryan's to show up, and he did. And he's got his escort, these paid assassins. And Geralt manages to take all four of them down pretty quickly. It's not really that much trouble for him. I mean, it's. I know that he wasn't happy that he had to kill these men. I mean, I don't think anybody's shedding any tears for these guys. I mean, they were professional killers, but I mean, so is Geralt, but I think these guys were professional human killers, not monster killers. So it's, it's different for sure. But he, uh, he was able to take down those guys and then he got to Ryan's and he's, you know, punched him in the face a few times. And that was very satisfying. And it seemed like it was going to work out. And then <laughs> Philippa steps in and she's like, nope. So that sucked. Um, I know she says it's for this greater cause, but I, we don't know what that is. Like We were definitely completely left out of the loop there. She doesn't even explain to Geralt what that was about. So it's really hard to sympathize with her and with the decision that she made to let Ryan's get away, who is still going to go after Ciri and also Yennefer. He straight up said that. Uh, so it's really hard to sympathize with that decision that she made when... Um, we don't even get to find out what her motivation is. So that was pretty crappy. Um, she better have a really good reason. Uh, that's all I got to say. But the interesting thing was that she learned from the one of the Michelet brothers as he was on the ground dying who Ryan's was working with. And I know that we found out at the beginning of this chapter, and we discussed this last episode, that... Ryan's is working for the Emperor of Nilfgaard because Amir kept asking for updates on Ryan's. And he gave orders about, you know, stop toying with the Witcher, um, just kill him, leave Yennefer alone. But I don't think that that was the name that was revealed to Philippa because I think that they already were pretty well aware of the fact that he had these Nilfgaardian connections. So if she were to learn that it was Amir, it wouldn't really be that big of a shock. I don't think that she would make a change of plans after finding that out. So I think that there might be somebody else connected to him. And whoever it was, it that made Philippa change her mind about how she wanted things to go here. So I, I can't imagine what her plans are. Um, I mean, I, I really look forward to finding out, though, because that's aggravating. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be somebody that we've already met. I have a theory and I'll get into that in a little bit, <laughs> but, um, uh, before I do, uh, we're going to talk now about the part of the chapter where we meet these new three sorcerers. So there is this guy, Arto, I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm just going to say Arto. It doesn't really matter because he seems very unimportant. He was just kind of there. Um, he was drinking a lot of wine. Uh, but then we have Tessia, who this part of the chapter, it's, it's told through her perspective. So she is known for being very pedantic. Uh, she's constantly like adjusting the, um, like her sleeves to make sure that they're even. And she wants to make sure that like when she's eating that her food is symmetrical. And uh, I think they referred to it in the book as legendary pedantry. So she is known for that. And um, she completely expects everybody's reactions when they react to her being pedantic, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, she's also an arc mage, so she's very powerful. Uh, she is able to do, I believe, a lot of things that the typical sorcerer cannot do. So she can probably, um, or she can... Not that she can probably, she um, is probably somebody you want to have on your side. If you, or if she's a bad guy, then that's not a good thing. But she doesn't seem like it. She's very suspicious of Vigilforts the entire time that she's there. So she's sure that the chapter of Wizards will do whatever he says. And that wasn't really that much of a surprise because when in the beginning of this chapter that we discussed last episode with the Northern Leaders Council, they bring up Vigilforts and they talk about basically how he's running the show when it comes to the chapter of Wizards. Uh, so, but to Syed, she's able to convince him, Vigilforts, that his original plan when he suggests that they do nothing is wrong. Uh, she says that an offense has already begun against the Squayatel, which I don't think that that was happening. I think a decent amount of time actually went by since that council to this point in the chapter. They were playing around with that idea, the leaders, the Northern leaders, but it hadn't been, nothing had been executed yet. I mean, it was just something that they were discussing. So she says that the offense against the Scoyatel has led to more persecution and pogroms, which, I mean, I, I threw in the word more there because those kind of things were already going on. But I think that what's happening is that it's um, at a greater scale now. So um, all this persecution is happening against non-humans more so than it used to be, which is not good. And they're even talking about... Um, going into Dolblathana, which we know because they, we witnessed that in that discussion, but now it's, uh, it's, it's knowledge, um, to the sorcerers, to the chapter of wizards. So she says that they cannot suggest to do nothing to the two sorcerers that sent them there, that sent to Saya and Arto. Um, I believe the reason for that is because, and this is just a guess, but the two wizards, and I didn't write down their names, one of them is Francesca. They refer to her as Francesca, and then they refer to her as Enid, so I don't know if she's got two names or how that works. There was another one. The name began with a G. I didn't write it down, but I also would butcher it in trying to pronounce it. But I think that they are elven sorcerers because um, she, just because she said that, it would basically it would be awful to... Um, go to them and say like, oh yeah, we're not going to do anything, even though they're basically committing mass murder or in the talks of committing mass murder against non-humans. Uh, anyway, 
uh, let's go into these details on fugal forts now. So a couple of little things to start us out <laughs> before we get to the juicy stuff. He's got this assistant. Her name is Lydia Van Bredervoort. Uh, she's a very interesting person. Her jaw and larynx were destroyed during an experiment. It was an experiment that he actually suggested she do or she take place in. So she can't talk, and there was an illusion placed on her so that it would hide her disfigurement. So it says a lot that she smiles with her eyes uh, when they're eating. She doesn't eat and drink with them. Um, I don't know if she can eat at all or how that works, but um, yeah, she's pretty. she got pretty messed up after that accident that happened, which is really sad. Uh, she's a very gifted artist, apparently, and she also, sadly, is in love with Vigelforts, who does not return her love. Uh, he actually pretends that he doesn't know, and it's actually been suggested by others before that he make her his lover, uh, just to make her happy. But they said that he's a man of principle, so he wouldn't do that because, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, that would be wrong. But this man of principle... <laughs> is super sketchy. So let's talk about that. He says, this is a big one here. He says to Arto, quote, you mistake the stars reflected in the surface of the lake at night for the heavens. So <laughs> Siri heard that in her dream in, the, in this chapter. And that was also said to Triss through Siri when the two of them entered that trance together. Is that a coincidence? I think he's up to something. And I've got more evidence to support that he's up to something. So, Tosaya surmises he's looking for Yennefer, who's now with Siri, and that is known. That's not a big secret. There are people that have talked about that. And I'm sure that he would know. He seems to be really um, kept in the loop on a lot of things. And Tessiah uses her super magical abilities to see a magical apparatus that's used for locating people, as well as books he's shielded with invisibility. And one of these books is that Ithleen, Ithleen's prophecy, it's about that, I guess, um, the prophecy that's uh, about the apocalypse. And that's been mentioned a few times throughout this book. It's got to be relevant somehow, but I haven't talked about it too much in the podcast because I don't really know where they're going with that yet. So I don't know. I just didn't think that I wanted to bring it up until uh, until I knew what was up with it. But I mean, that I think is pretty relevant here. I think it could have something to do with Siri because it just keeps getting brought up and she's got these magic abilities. But anyway, uh, another book, this is way more closely related, is about the Elder Blood. And Siri has been referred to as a child of the Elder Blood multiple times. And one of those times was by that creepy voice that talks through her, who talked through her in that trance that she and Triss were in together. And I just... It's, it's, there's no way it's a coincidence, right? And then another thing, he got this letter that was reporting Geralt's death. And my theory here is that it was Ryan's who sent him that letter because Ryan's definitely could believe that he killed Geralt when he slashed him with those steel spikes because Ryan's was badly injured. He had to literally crawl into that portal to get away. And he was able to crawl slowly 
and Geralt didn't pursue him, didn't try to stop him. I don't think he took the time to look back and make sure that Geralt wasn't chasing after him. I think that he just got out of there and assumed that the reason he was able to get away was because he killed Geralt. He don't think he knew that Philippa was there at all. And if he knew that she was there, I don't think he knew that she was preventing Geralt from going after him. I think Reince believes that Geralt is dead. And he wrote to Vigilfort's saying that he's dead because who else is going to be reporting Geralt's death I know that there's the occasional rumor that he dies I know when he almost died in um, the something more story apparently that created some rumors that he actually did pass away but I just can't imagine that that would be a coincidence on top of all of those other points that I just listed out so the thing is I don't know <laughs> I don't know how obvious this is supposed to be it seems very obvious so I'm thinking that maybe it's meant to deliberately mislead us, the reader, just because, I mean, they're not coming right out in, and giving us answers. Like they're making some things very um, cryptic, but then I keep saying they, it's um, he, uh, uh, Sapkowski. <laughs> Zabkowski, I say, I always say that like it's a group of people that wrote it, but Zabkowski is being cryptic here and not giving us answers, but at the same time making some other things obvious. So what I'm, my guess is that we're meant to believe that Vigilfortz is this guy that's up to no good and he has these really bad intentions, but maybe there's going to be some big twist and we're just supposed to look at him right now to divert our attention away from what's actually going on. I don't know. If he comes up again before we get to learn what the truth is, I'm going to be reading very, very carefully because I want to know what's going on with this guy. What, no matter what we're meant to believe right now, I don't trust him. I think that he probably was the name that the Michelet brother whispered to Philippa because I think that he's connected to Ryan's. And I think that that would give Philip a pause if knowing that this highly respected member of the chapter of wizards or that the chapter of wizards listens to that had a big part in the battle of Sodden, the determining battle that won the war. I think that if she knew that he was working with Nilfgaard and sending um, or working with this guy that was sent to capture the princess of Sintra, I think that sh that might shake things up as far as she's concerned. I don't know exactly how, but like, as far as the details go, I don't know. But she seems to have some really big plans. She's talking about this cause. Don't know what the cause is. And apparently it's going to start involving Geralt soon, though. She tells him that. I mean, we know that much. So looking forward to finding out how. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, I kind of went into a rant there. But yeah, this... Um, Philip pissed me off in this chapter and uh, Vigilfords, I don't trust him. He's pissing me off. <laughs> so to wrap this up, uh, we got this confirmation that the Northern leaders have started an offensive against the Scoyatel and it's leading to this more, more persecution. So I do wonder if anything else is going to happen. Maybe some of the stuff that they discussed during their council, like the whole thing with Dolbothana. Um, also, um, waiting to see what happens in Dol Angra because that was brought up twice at the beginning part of the chapter. I, I'm not surprised that nothing came out of it like within the same chapter, but maybe soon we'll learn of something. 
But this whole, um, all these tensions with Nilfgaard, they're going to come to a head. Something's going to have to happen soon. Like, there's no way that it's going to just be, um, like, that, that that war took place and then it ended. Like, there's going to have to be more. Like, it's really leading up to that. Uh, there should be more unfolding on the Siri-Yennefer relationship because, I mean, they're together and I can't imagine that what we got in this chapter is all we're going to get. So I think that they're, hopefully in the next chapter, they're going to talk more about that and we're going to find out, um, you know, how things are going with the, with the two of them. Uh, maybe we'll get to see Siri using some magic. Maybe she's just too uh, novice, le- novice level to do that right now. But um, I do look forward to find more uh, about that. Uh, yeah, don't know what Geralt's going to do now that Ryan's got away. I don't know if he's going to continue trying to find Ryan's. But I don't think that he's going to uh, present himself to Geralt anytime soon. But... Yeah, I don't know what his plan is. Uh, he's got to do something to protect Siri because this lunatic is still going to be after her. And he's going to go after Yennefer. And, you know, that Geralt's not going to want any of that kind of stuff to happen. So, yeah, uh, I can't imagine what his plan is, but I do look forward to finding out. Okay. That's all I have for you. So just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube video and Spotify and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. Thank you so much for joining and I will catch you all in the next episode. Goodbye.